Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So I have this audio. I had this audio from the other day when the Democratic Party was oh so angry oh, about uh, Trisha Cotham changing her party affiliation. And by the way, I'd point out here, um, the she Trisha Cotham is not the first Democrat to become a Republican. Even recently, there was one guy. What was his name? Brisson, I believe. It was like a couple years ago, two or three years ago. White male Democrat from like down east, I want to say, maybe, I don't recall. But he flipped and he didn't suffer this kind of abuse. They weren't calling for him to resign. They were just like, oh, I hope he still is going to vote, you know, his conscience on this stuff. But there there, there wasn't this demand that he resign. There wasn't this level of of, uh, venom that was directed at him from his own party. I mean, is that sexism? Dallas Woodhouse is asking. Former chairman of the Republican Party, he's asking, he's asking like, hey, what's up? Why is Trisha Cotham getting this kind of treatment with Brisson got a different kind of treatment? What's up? It's because she's a woman? The head of the uh, Democratic Party now in North Carolina is a 25-year-old white woman um, who ran very successful campaigns for uh, Elizabeth Warren for president and uh, Amy McGrath, I believe, uh, to oust uh, uh, Mitch McConnell up in uh, Kentucky for that U.S. Senate race. So after that string of victories, she was obviously well-positioned uh, to lead North Carolina's Democrat Party uh, in, uh, through the next election cycle. So, But in order to do it, she had to knock off um, a black female, longtime state lawmaker, you know, icon in the party, but... Knock her off, she did. Took her out. Um, And so now we've got Anderson Clayton. And I admit, I had never heard Anderson Clayton give a stump speech or or talk in public or anything. Because generally speaking, you know, the... The, if you're a chairman, yeah, you're putting out press statements and stuff, but a lot of times the statements are written by, you know, your comms team or something, some intern is running your Twitter feed, whatever. Um, but in this case, uh, like, she's now been thrust into this position because Trisha Cotham's decision, right, to switch. And so now she's getting all sorts of attention, Anderson Clayton. But even before that, she was getting all sorts of attention because she's so young. Oh, my gosh, she's 25. A child shall lead us. I'm not sure if she's on her parents' health insurance. I don't. I don't know that. I mean, she still would be eligible. She's like 25. So, but she's so young. Oh my gosh, this child's going to lead us to the promised land. So, um, I mean, given all of her success, obviously with the the Warren for President campaign, um, and then the 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 attempt to oust Mitch McConnell. So, she had a big write up. This was before she lost the. Yeah, this was before Republicans got the supermajority a couple days prior, actually. It's on uh, March 28th. Uh, The Washington Post had a a big fat write-up on her, and uh, they were down in Monroe and following her around. By the way, did you know that she is from 
rural North Carolina. I'm not sure anybody, are you aware of this? Also, I have it on pretty good authority, John F. Kerry served in Vietnam, and John Kasich is the son of a, of a, of a mailman. Just in case you weren't aware of these things, yes, Anderson Clayton is from a rural part of the state. And that's what she wants to focus on. And I would submit, like, if you can't keep a Mecklenburg County Democrat in line, I'm not sure you're going to attract rural Democrats. <laughs> but what, uh, what do I know? Uh, you know, I didn't get Elizabeth Warren elected president, so she may have some inside information on this more than I have. Um One month into her role as head of the North Carolina Democratic Party, the 25-year-old organizer is still getting used to the spotlight as the youngest state Democratic chair in the country. She's hoping to use her platform to highlight that it is people like her, young and from rural parts of the state, that Democrats need to draw out to help North Carolina flip blue. You would think there are not more registered Democrats than Republicans in this state, but there are. They are the number two. Number one is unaffiliated now. Number two is Democrat. And then number three is Republican. But the unaffiliated tend to break more for Republicans. But the young people, yeah, you just got to get them to turn out, which is why they're all about voting on campus. That's why Democrats want there to always be polling locations on college campuses because they want to be able to turn out those kids. It's very easy to get the kids, you know, get them uh, some electrolytes, nurse the hangover a little bit, and then get them on down to the, uh, you know, to the cafeteria where they can vote for all of the, the Democrats. Clayton also knows that while being the first Gen Z member in her position has given her more exposure, it also means more pressure to prove, after disappointing results in the recent election cycles, to prove that Democrats can fare better in the Tar Heel State in 2024. Well, I don't know about you, but my assessment so far is she is off to a fantastic start, right? I mean, off to a great start, right? She's got appearances. She got the uh, she got the puff piece at the Washington Post, going great. I mean, aside from the supermajority going to the Republicans a couple days later, aside from that, going well, going very well. Um, She has a tough challenge, Washington Post says. Democrats haven't won a presidential or U.S. Senate race here since 2008 when Barack Obama and Kay Hagan, then a state senator, carried North Carolina. Oh, and by the way, did so with their own organizations. They actually, Kay Hagan had to go around the state Democratic Party because it was in such shambles. Not really even sure they've they've fully rebounded, (laughs) recovered from that. Uh, Kay Hagan had to use the Wake County Democrat Party. And Obama just built his own infrastructure, just did it all himself. Um, Republicans are one seat short of a supermajority. Yeah, dated. Yeah, this was uh, March 28th. So this was before the the, the, the defection. Um, and they have control of the state Supreme Court. And if Democrats lose the governor's race next year, the GOP would have an opening to pass an abortion ban and sign it into law in one of the last states in the South with abortion access. Quote, so many people across the state are fed up. I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of losing, Clayton said, drawing cheers and applause from the crowd. I'm tired of Republicans coming in and threatening my rights. We all should be so tired and angry. Oh, yeah, so tired. We're all so tired. You know what's tiring? Tantrums from the left. That's really tiring. You guys are exhausting all the time, nonstop. Here in Union County, 
which is about 45 minutes southeast of Charlotte and one of the state's top poultry producers, Clayton has met with the kinds of Democratic voters to whom she's hoping to provide a renewed sense of optimism. They live in a red county that hasn't voted for a Democratic presidential candidate since 1980. And many hail from rural parts of the county that think the party has ignored them. Oh, okay. So hang on a second. There is, I I do feel the need here to to point this out. There is a reason, uh, there is a reason why uh, it seems like uh, the rural parts of, uh, you know, Union County and rural parts of the state. There's, there is a reason why it seems like the Democrat Party has ignored them. It's because they have. Right. That's why that appears that way. Um, Asher Hildebrand, a public policy professor at Duke University and formerly the chief of staff to Representative David Price. <laughs> so this is who the Washington Post goes to talk to a public policy professor at Duke and the former chief of staff to a Democrat congressman, which by the way, here's another example. This is the, uh, uh, the cushy gig, you know, this, uh, uh, sort of government in waiting, you know, you get, you get these posts given to you by, by universities. This is, it's good to be a Democrat. This is one of the Democrat privileges is that you get to land the gig in higher academia uh, for you know, for a couple of years, while you wait for somebody in your party to win an office, that you can then bounce over and and work for them for a couple of years, and then after you know they get voted out or they retire or whatever, then you can you know bounce back to another another post in higher ed. Like that's that's one of the benefits of being a Democrat. You know, if you're a Republican, you don't get that. Remember what happened to Pat McCrory when he tried to get a gig teaching at, I don't even remember, was it was at Catawba College, maybe his alma mater, I forget. And he got all this, right, they, they launched all these protests. They basically, they, they used the heckler's veto. They shouted him down. They're like, how dare you hire that fascist? You can't have him. And so they pulled the uh, offer. That's the, that's the treatment you get as a Republican. Right, and then people wonder why it's so difficult for there to be candidates to run for office. Like, you're asking, you're asking people to, to, you know, set their reputations on fire, right? To burn all bridges and goodwill because they have a difference of political philosophy than, uh, than the hecklers. Republicans acknowledge, um, oh, hang on, I got to back up here, because Asher Hildebrand said that for years, political observers saw demographic shifts in the state, more voters of color in growing urban areas as a sign that the state was diversifying in a way that would make it reliably Democrat. But... While it's clear that cities are becoming bluer, he said rapidly growing areas along the coast and other areas where higher numbers of retirees are moving into the state, they're getting redder. Who are those folks? They are fleeing the blue states. That's who they are. This is, this is something that a lot of people did not predict. Right? They thought North Carolina urban areas are just going to get bluer and bluer and bluer, and so North Carolina is going to flip blue, and that'll be done. And it hasn't happened because the bluer states are insane. And you have red voters that are fleeing and they're coming here. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. 
in Waynesville and online at carolinareadiness.com. Get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? This is Trish uh, calling uh, about the, the driving and such. Hello, Trish. Welcome to the program. Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. What's I going on? I wanted to stick up for Floridians. Okay. Because I is one. Well, I used to be one, but now I live here. And I'm a perfect driver. A and perfect today, driver? I, pardon? You, you claim to be a perfect driver? No tickets, no accidents. That's not a perfect driver. Do you use your signal? Yes. In uh-huh. fact, this morning when I used it, some driver got very upset with me, followed me, and was watching me when I pulled into a 7-Eleven. Because you used a signal? Well, he didn't like that I passed him. Well, how did you pass him? Properly. How? I gained enough distance, Uh turned my turn signal on, went went in front of him, Uh and immediately he swerved off to the right and circled back totally around me and got in front of me. So, all right, so you're sorry. Scary. All right, hang on a second. I got, I got questions here. All right, so, okay, good. All right, so you're driving down the road. Is this a one lane or two lane road? Um, it was on two seventy four, so we had two lanes. Okay. Two or three lanes. Oh, two or three lanes. Okay, and so you're, and so you're behind this guy initially. Yes. All right, and he's in your lane. We're both in the same lane. They both in the same he lane. Was, he was slow. He okay. Now, was and he in the left lane or right lane? He was in the right lane. You come up? No, no, we were in the both in the left lane. So you're both driving in the left lane. He's driving too slow. Was he from Tennessee? Because that sounds like no, Tennessee behavior right there. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't glance at his plate. Okay. Wait a minute. So you don't even know if he was a North Carolina driver? What if he no, could, he could have been a Florida driver too? That could have been. So there's a perfect <laughs> Florida driver and there's a Florida idiot driver. <laughs> well, that's why I call them Floridians. <laughs> all right, so okay. All right, so wait a minute. So did, so when you went around him and then you said you were going to turn into a 7-Eleven or something. So did you go around no. him and then turn? No, no, not immediately. Okay. That was down the road. Okay. He got in front of me again before then, turned into a business. When I landed at 7-Eleven, he was back in the woods watching me from his car. Back in the woods? Yep. He went off-roading? Behind the parking lot, a grassy area and woods, and he was driving back there. So obviously trying to intimidate you. Yes. Yeah. So what did you do? Called the police. Yeah. Did, did you wait for them to show up? And what well, happened? He was gone by then. Did you get his tag? No. Oh. Like I said, I don't know. He he was a Florida idiot. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Yeah, so. Mm. So anyway, I just wanted to call and say hello. Yes. No, I I, story. I appreciate it. Look, there yes, there are uh there are bad drivers and like I said, like my view is that everyone on the road around me is trying to kill me and they are terrible drivers. So and it has yeah. kept me alive. Uh, low these many years. So, like, it, it's some might say that it's 
defensive driving taken a bit to the extreme. Uh, but like I said, it's kept me it's kept me alive. I always assume that stay every... away from all drivers and right. don't pass anybody. <laughs> right. Well, see, I would rather be in front of them because if I'm behind them and they do something stupid, then and they crash, then I could get caught up in that crash. Right. So I always want to get sure. get in front of them. Now, if you if they're driving real fast, I'm going to let them go by. Go ahead. You know, take out a bunch of people up ahead of me. That's fine. But uh, like they're going to drive like uh, like way faster than me. And I'm usually, you know, nine miles an hour over the speed limit. I'm usually like eight or nine over. So but if you want to go faster than that, go ahead. Go right in front of me. That's that, that's totally fine. I'm not going to try to block you out. Um, that's the those are the yep. people that that infuriate me, the ones that act as if they are the traffic police and they're going to make everybody drive better, um, those are the ones that actually cause, I think, more road rage than anything else. Just stay away from all of them. Right. There you go. That's good That's good <laughs> advice. Trish, Have I appreciate it. Yes, Thank you too. You. Happy Easter. Um, no, it's a, it, it is true. Like the defensive driving class, and I took a lot of driver training. I did. I took, I took extra training because I wanted to make sure, because up in New York, they don't care if you pass, okay? Like they... They, it does not matter to them. They already, There's like millions of people on the roads. It's already congested. They don't care if you get a driver's license at 17. And, so, and, and you have to go through extra steps to get the learner's permit at 17. So, or the junior license, I should say. You get your learner's permit, and then if you get the extra classes and the training and all that, which I did. I went through all of that stuff. I had the class, classroom stuff, and then I did extra stuff on top of that. So I got a lot of defensive driving. And one of the things, you want to keep a bubble around you. You know, you want to keep... You don't want any cars. So here's another one. Hey, idiots, stop driving in my blind spot. Why would you do that? It's called a blind spot for a reason. You know, I can't see you. So, but these people, these idiots on the road, I guess they think that, oh, if I just drive next to Pete, then like uh, uh, the cop won't see me with the radar gun or something. No, they'll just pull both of us, you idiot. Like the cop sees two vehicles. It's just dumb. Maybe they don't have cruise control. I don't know. I, I, I've never understood that where people, they just, they just park themselves right off of your left bumper or your right bumper in your blind spot and just cruise along there. I don't get it. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Good Friday to you. So I'm going over this. Uh, oh, I got, all right, I'm almost out of time. At audio, I got to play this audio. I mean, I, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play this audio. It's going to happen right now. Um, This is the... Democratic Party of North Carolina's new chair, uh, the chair with uh, two last names, Anderson Clayton, and uh, she is 25 years old, and uh, she gave the, uh, uh, she was like the headliner, I guess, uh, and uh, the, the leader of the uh, the press conference the other day when Trisha Cotham announced that she was going to become a Republican, uh, and, and she was like uh, transitioning from Democrat to Republican, right, she was uh, Anyway, so she's now going to be, she's now a registered Republican. I think she is now. I don't know. But she was going to. She caucus with them. Now they got a supermajority. And so Democrats are mad. Democrats are mad. And they're embarrassed. Look, I mean, 
Because assuming that Trisha Coughlin doesn't actually change her political philosophy, but just has more space to take votes without getting the kind of attacks from her fellow lawmakers in her own conference, you know, like if she's going to vote, if she votes against this, uh, uh, you know, this trans athletes uh, bill, right, for example, I think this is going to be a good one to watch. Is she going to vote for or against this legislation that says biological females play with biological females and males with males and that's it? So does she go along with that? And now if she's and if she if she agrees, then why has she changed her view on this? Has she you know, has she evolved like, you know, Obama did on gay marriage where he evolved against it and then back for it? Depending on the election cycle, whatever. Like that's, you know, what was the pros and cons? What were the what was the thought process behind it? People who are are thinking that she's now going to be voting with the Republicans in lockstep all the time. I don't think it's going to happen. I could be wrong. But everybody else on the, like these people on the left that are so sure that it is going to happen, you don't know that. So here's the press conference. Chairwoman. I had not seen her on the stump before. Here we go. This morning, we are here to stand up for the people of House District 112 and the North Carolinians across the state who are fearful of what may become next with a Republican supermajority in our state legislature. Representative Cotham's decision to switch parties is a deceit of the highest order. A deceit of the highest order. So first off, she's uh, uh, she seems to me to be a bit of an enunci- over-enunciator. A little, just over. Just a little bit, just a, just a smidge. Over-enunciate. This is one of these things that I just pick up on, and I'm not a fan, but she also uh, has this uh, ho-ho-ho kind of delivery. I don't know a better way to describe it, <laughs> which is almost like a uh, – uh, it's like an affectation, almost like a game show host. Well, tell them what they want. Hey. You know, she got kind of that – <laughs> that kind of a vibe going. I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to be mean or critical. I just this is the thing that kind of uh, jumps out at me for a 25 year old to be talking kind of like this. Like eh. it, it just it it has this air of um, superficiality or a bit of a, a a bit of a put on, a bit of an act. You know. Anyway, it is a betrayal to the people of Mecklenburg County with repercussions not only for the people of her district but for the entire state of North Carolina. See, again, assuming that she's going to now change the way she votes all the time. And I, I don't know that to be true. And, and, and Clayton doesn't either. She doesn't know that to be true. And she even acknowledges that to some point. But she's saying, oh, it's a deceit of the highest order. But if she doesn't change her votes on anything, is it? Well, we would have voted for a different Democrat. So this is part of the problem. They see the D and they're like, that defines you and your position on every issue. And that's precisely what Cotham says she was trying to get away from because she's a moderate. She doesn't agree with the Democrat Party on all of their positions on all of this stuff. And she's not going to fall in line behind the governor on all these votes. She has some of these things she doesn't agree with them on. Reproductive freedoms are on the line. Oh, my God. Our public schools are on the line. All right. Hang on a second. Hang on. Reproductive freedoms you are free. You are free to reproduce with as many people as you want. I'm not aware of anybody coming in and putting chastity belts on people saying you can't you can't reproduce freely with these other people. Now, biology may say, say otherwise. I don't know. But um, no, like you are allowed to stup whomever you choose if they choose to stup you as well. Like that's the deal. I'm not aware of Republicans banning any of the uh, fornication going on. 
Right now, I'm not aware of any bills that are coming along like that. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you mean abortion? Is that what you're talking about? Reproductive freedom? I, it's hard to keep track because you guys keep changing the, the the language. I suspect it's because, like, you're trying to find a, a you know a more anodyne kind of way to describe what it is you're talking about, more appealing to more people, you know, like to say abortion, whatever, but it's not reproductive freedom, okay? And public schools, on the line, yeah. Yeah, tell me again, who, who, was the, who was the party that froze all the teacher pay? Fired all the teachers? Who was that? Yeah, that was the Democrats. 08, 09. LGBTQ rights are on the line. Yes. Voting rights are on the line. Yes. Our future as a state is on the line. Oh, my gosh. See, again, this sky is falling, chicken little garbage. Like, I understand fear motivates. Trust me, I work in media. I know this. Right? Fear motivates. And that's what she's trying to do to keep people, you know, the pot stirred, keep people fired up, angry, because the angries are the ones that donate their time and money to your campaigns. They're the activist base that you need to have first, right? You need to have them on board. So she's got to say all of this stuff. But to the people that hear this messaging, like that the Republicans are going to ruin the state. Republicans have been in charge since 2010. Since 2010. They've been at the helm for over a decade. If they were going to destroy the state, they would have done it already, you morons. They'd have done it already. You guys were predicting complete and utter economic devastation when they came in and they were like, we're going to do tax reform. And they started pushing towards a zero income tax, which is where a lot of them still want to get to a zero rate on the personal income tax. So you get to keep what you earn. And. Democrats and their allies in the media and these think tanks like the Budget and Tax Center, like these guys all came out with their sky is falling, chicken little prognostications about the economic ruin that we would be in. And the only thing that actually happened was the complete opposite, right? They ended up closing up the uh, the structural deficit. They paid back the federal uh, debt on, um, on the uh, unemployment insurance fund. They paid all of that back and then lowered the rates for businesses. They have funded that thing. They closed the structural deficit and they cut taxes while doing it on both personal income and corporate. And you guys said it. You guys said it, it couldn't be done. And if it was attempted, it would lead to de- economic devastation, and no one would want to come here, and nobody would be able to read. Well, I mean, you guys actually did do that. Yeah, you, you, you did a pretty good job of like getting people not to read, thanks to the lockdowns and all. But aside from that, that's not due to the Republicans. That was you guys. But. At some point, look around at these predictions that they're making and say, did, they, did these things come true? And if they haven't come true yet, then maybe don't trust them when they're making more predictions. <laughs> Just throw that out there. Clayton Anderson, or sorry, Anderson Clayton, the chair with two last names. Um, she, uh, she's from rural North Carolina. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not, but she's from rural North Carolina. And that means she knows how to talk to her people, y'all. Uh, I think she said hill of beans at the press conference. So, you know, she's, you know, she's rural. She said hill of beans. And she said it like that. Like real, like with that affect, like hill of beans, you know, like, oh, wow. She's from, she's from rural North Carolina. She's speaking my language. I have to say about all of this, this is about the issues. It's not about the politics of this. Mm-hmm. It is about the issues that impact our friends, our families, our neighbors, our loved ones, mm-hmm. the people that matter to us in this state, the state that we care about right now. Okay. It's about upholding your duty as an elected official for the positions that you ran on as an elected official. This is not about political vendettas. 
All right, so hang on a second. So Cotham announces she's switching, hasn't taken a single vote yet, and you're attacking her as if she has flipped her position on everything. And the reason why you think she has flipped her position on everything is because she registered as a Republican. But she hasn't voted on anything yet. But I guess you just assume that because she doesn't want to hang around you guys anymore, that there's obviously some other reason, like she's paid off or something, right? So you can't, I like, think about that. The simple idea that you went over to the R from the D means that I know how you're going to vote on every single item? That's interesting. This is about the constituents that trusted Representative Cotham to champion their values, who are now left with little reassurance that she will do that. HD 112 is a 60% Democratic district, y'all. And they oh. do not choose to elect a Republican. No. They choose to elect a Democrat. Right, but it, but she was a moderate. And, if she, and again, assuming she's not flipping any votes, then materially, how is it any different? They deserve to know who they're voting for and what they're going to stand for when they're running for office and when they're put into a position of power. And that's not what Trisha Cotham has allowed the voters of 112 to do today. This is not about control or inability to welcome different ideas into a party. We've done that. For the last eons that we have done that, in the 10 years of a Republican majority in this state, we have done that. We have sat there and asked and, and pleaded with the Republican Party. No, 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 no. She was talking about ideological freedom inside the Democrat Party. That's where y'all failed. Two six-packs of shiner, 99-cent butane lighter. Lucky strikes and a fifth of Patron Ice down that igloo cooler Take a guess at all to do her I can feel a good one coming on Throw in Ray Wiley Hubbard Sing along to Redneck Mother Any blues I had before are gone Another working week is over No chance of staying sober I can feel a good one coming on By the way, did you know that uh, Anderson Clayton uh, grew up in a small town in Person County, Roxborough? She's from she's from a rural area of North Carolina. Did you know that? John Kerry also, Vietnam. Yeah. Three blondes in a ragtop Mustang Followed us down to the lake And didn't have to think about that too long Skinny dipping in the bright moonlight Situation couldn't be more right Feel a good one coming on Yeah, we gonna roll all night We gonna get the feeling right We gonna keep this party rocking Till the break of dawn Yeah, I can feel a good one Feel like a good one I can feel a good one coming on she is quoted in the Washington Post as saying, I got told a lot growing up. You've got too big of ideas to be in Person County for the rest of your life. You need to go somewhere else and do something different with it. Wow, that's a humble brag. I've always been told I'm bound for for greatness. <laughs> All right, well, so far so good. I mean, for the Republicans, so far so good. We'll see you on Monday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.